Welcome back to Podcast 14 of 2024. I'm your host, Kiev. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetMGM. Bet five bucks, get $150 worth of free bets. Just follow the link on our podcast descriptions, terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com with each shop and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. Get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. College basketball, my friends. The end of February. It is crunch time and no better guest to bring on than the one and only Kyle Hunter from Hunter Sports Picks. Kyle is one of the most experienced college basketball bettors out there. Great friend of mine and great friend of the show. Can't wait to talk about some huge games with Kyle coming up for the weekend. But before Kyle comes on, real quick, just want to remind everyone, if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, It really helps us in the algorithm on your iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, or wherever else you listen to this show. Really appreciate you listeners out there. Always have. Uh, You keep us going. And just wanted to always show my greatest, greatest appreciation for you listeners out there. This is our eighth season in doing this. We have 568 podcasts out. This is 569. That's... uh, one to two per week. Usually when we started out, it was just one per week. We would miss a few weeks, but now as it's grown, we are doing one a week during college basketball. We'll go back to two a week during March Madness and during football season, sometimes three podcasts per week. But after March Madness, we go into baseball as well as the NFL draft. We start digging right away into the NFL, looking for some good futures and season win totals that we love to pick off every single year. So just if you are a handicapper and want to get your name out there a little bit, please feel free to inquire with us at the Oddsbreakers info at theoddsbreakers.com. Would love to hear from you. All right. Well, we have a massive weekend of college basketball. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest, Mr. Kyle Hunter from Hunter Sports Picks. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. Now I'm very excited to welcome back one of our favorite and most knowledgeable guests when it comes to handicapping college basketball, Mr. Kyle Hunter from Hunter Sports Picks. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleHunterPicks. Kyle, welcome back, man. It's been a whirlwind of a winter, but here we are. We are like at the end of February already, my man. How are you? Man, it is crazy. It goes so fast. You know, we're, we're this close to March Madness. It's just a few weeks away. 
Uh, college basketball is on center stage now. You and I have been paying attention to college basketball for a long time, Kiev, but mm-hmm. some people just kind of getting in there after the NFL and uh, the NBA was on the all-star break. And now we got a lot of attention being paid to these college hoops games. Oh, without a doubt, man. Uh, it's the handles went up for sure on these college basketball games and it's going to keep going up into March madness. Everyone's going to have brackets. There's going to be all these fun games and everyone's going to think they know more than everybody else as usual. But uh, it's fun to talk about, man. It's fun to uh, get perceptions and, uh, you know, you always have disagreements, which is fine. And, uh, you know, things can get a little tricky for people when it comes to these big games. Uh, there's, there's upsets that happen, and you just kind of want to stay ahead with uh, the best line value you can get, right? That's what we try to do every day, and that's why you're always working so hard at night to find that line value before a lot of things go and change. But, man, lots to talk about. And since it's late in the season here, um, I uh, want to ask you about – any trends, any late late season trends coming up here that you might want to talk about? I, I pulled up a few ones from covers, but uh, uh, Easy Baby says, what's up, Kyle? What's up, Kiev? What's up, man? Glad you can uh, join in today, man. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, I've seen you on the Bet US College Basketball Show as well. If you have any questions, feel free to put it in the chat. I'll try to cover uh, a couple of games that you're, that you're interested in as well. But yeah, Kiev, um, you know, I think it's been it's been more of an over year. The overs have done better than the unders so far this year. We've kind of talked about that, I believe, uh, kind of off the air. Like, there's been a lot of fouls called this year. Efficiency is pretty high for offenses based on the way this game is being officiated. It has kind of normalized here of late. And Kiev, you know that you know uh, conference tournament season is usually pretty decent for under betters. I wouldn't go based just on the long term, uh, you know, long season trends here. Uh, I do think that. Uh, you know, the home dogs haven't done as well. Some people would expect here um, this year in college basketball, but um, late season, I do have some trends here. I want to share as far as what's been good consistently. I kind of like to look and we don't want these trends that do really good one year and the next year, they just completely fall apart. Trying to look for some consistency. Um, first off, we look at late season and I, I mean, I guess this is very late season overs, between two teams who aren't very good. So, Kiev, we think about this a little bit. You know, uh, you're, a, you're a team that's middling or bad team. It's the very end of the regular season. What do those games mean to you? Because the only games that really matter to you after that are the conference tournaments, because you know you're not right. going to make March Madness because you're not very good yes. uh, unless you win your conference tournament. So you, you pack it in those last, you know, three, four, five games of the regular season. Some of the smaller uh, conferences are in those, you know, last three or four or five games. Uh, so pay attention to the schedule. But uh, game 28 or later is, is what I've got for this query. Uh, with mediocre or bad teams, I went ahead and put this so that it would be fairly broad, less than 60% win percentage for both teams. So uh, they could at least be mediocre teams, decent teams, or worse. The angle does get better for the worst teams. So keep that in mind. But Totals of 137 or lower. So it doesn't work as well if you just go in there and you bet, you know, over 160 because two teams are playing uh, badly. Sure. Uh, we know Kiev, uh, those those really high overs, all it takes is one stretch of not scoring and, and you would lose that one. But 137 or lower uh, with teams of 60% or lower win percentage, 339 and 251. That's 57.5% to the over. The thought here is the teams don't care too much. 
There's going to be less defense. People are still happy to score points. I mean, who doesn't want to pad stats? Uh, so I think that's a good angle. You know, it's consistently – I'm looking at the chart right now, Kiev. It's it's one year after year. So Did I you say less than 60% winning percentage on that yes. query? Okay, you know, you can see teams like West Virginia, you know, that would fit, fit that. You know, they are 9-17, and 17, a bad team. But you know what? probably t they think a little more NBA like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to play some defense, but I'm going to show some offense, show some dunks, um, try to get some fast breaks. Maybe, maybe they're, they're, they're quicker to run the court to get that quick turnover, uh, rebound long pass and, and make that uh fast break score, Kyle, rather than uh, staying back and uh, rebounding themselves. So uh, that's a great point. I mean, there's a lot of teams that fit that bill, you know, um, Oklahoma State might be one of them. They're twelve and fourteen. Yeah. Um, they tried to play some defense throughout the year, but just their last game against Cincinnati, hundred and fifty-six total points, and against BYU, it went to hundred seventy-six. So you know, this is kind of just showing you that some of these teams are just caring a little bit about what scoring, and maybe maybe it works for them sometimes too. So you know, keep that in mind. Um, another thing that you can look for is. Uh, you know, just coaches that kind of gave up. Now, I didn't run a query on this, but uh, there's some teams that with some pretty bad bad coaching, and I have to throw Michigan in there. You know, I mean, Michigan uh, is is a massive fade team probably right now. I, I don't have to say that. I've, I, I've talked about that earlier in shows. But, uh, you know, Juwan Howard, <clears throat> I don't know why he's not being – fired midseason like Holtman you know it, it makes no sense to me he should have been gone and now they they still have uh McDaniel being suspended on his away games they just lost a guy uh for the season was I think it was Terrence Williams I, I, or was it uh it, it was one of the big names Nakamua it, it was one of those two that hurt himself right Kyle and so they're going to be a big fade team and th this team might have kind of given up until the conference tournament as well yeah, they've had some suspensions where that McDaniel was suspended just for road games. That was a weird setup. Uh, now the injury. Uh, Michigan, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, they could have one good game here or there, but I don't think I would consistently trust them. Mark, what's up, man? Mark's a good guy. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys to see a decent amount of people here watching live. So appreciate that. Um Fun chat in college hoops with Kiev. Kiev, I always have a great time chatting with you. Um, this is, uh, I'll tell you what, Kiev. So let's look at the opposite side of this too, though. We've got some teams. Um, yeah, I agree with you, by the way, on the uh, teams that can be faded that have just kind of given up. You know, uh, to, before I move on, I'll say I, I'm kind of scattered trying to think about so many things here, Kiev. You know how this time of the year is. Sure, but, uh, sure. Uh, before I leave that thought, I do want to say I do think some of these teams lay down at the end of the season. I was going to say the undertrend next, but I think based on what you're saying right here, I need to kind of play into what you said. Um, the very big favorites late in the season. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of laying 15 or 20 points, and I know you're not either, Kiev. Uh, but this is a pretty tight angle where it's laying 15 points or larger game number 25 of the season or later. So very late in the season. And playing against a team with an ATS cover percentage of 50% or higher. So, this, yeah, this team has actually made money for betters that you're betting against. And yet they're, fa they're a dog by 15 or more. So you're betting on a team that's a big favorite, but they have to be playing a team that's not great, but they've also still covered the spread at a pretty high rate. This is uh, really impressive. 77 and 30 in the last 107. Wow. 
really good stuff. There's not too many of them that will fit this because usually teams that have covered 50% against the spread or more are not going to be dogs of 15 points or, or larger. Right. But when right. you see that kind of spot, I mean, it, it, it could happen. Uh, now, you know, a team like Michigan's not going to be that because they haven't covered the spread high enough. But there are plenty of teams that aren't great that have covered big spreads as a dog. Um, it's a small sample here, 77 and 30 in the last 107. But it's plus 4.41 points on an average ATS margin. That's every single game, including the losses. That's pretty good. So that kind of uh, margin like that suggests to me that this is not just a fluke. It's not some kind of, you know, just really small sample where it doesn't matter. So that kind of plays into uh, what you're saying there, Kiev, is that you can get some of these late big favorites that actually are worth playing. And it's always tough for me because, I'll you know, I'll get my possible plays and uh, write them down old old school style. And, uh, you know, I see a minus 17 Kiev and I'm like, oh, man, I hate to lay 17 points. And then afterwards, you know, the team wins by 30 points and you feel pretty stupid <laughs> for not taking it. But, but um, it is something that you shouldn't be just scared off from the huge numbers late in the season because uh, these can uh, work out pretty well. Uh, can I, I'll just go on into the other one that I had to Kiev. Sure. Um, we've got, we talked about late overs. Let's also talk about late unders between two good teams. So I, I was really interested when I ran this query a little, little bit ago, Kiev, the late unders between two good teams have done far better in games with lower totals, which is kind of interesting. Um, if you filter it just by totals of 137 or lower, it's about 55% against the spread uh, with two teams who are 60% win percentage or higher. If you include the really high totals, it actually goes down to like 51 or 52%. So I I'm kind of curious what your thoughts would be on why the lower totals would actually be better to the under there. Uh, just, I would think usually it's just, you know, elite defenses playing against each other in a spot like that. But uh, what do you think about that one? I, I totally agree. It's it's the end of the season. So these teams are vying for positions in their tournaments as well as possibly the big dance, right? So they're good teams. And the totals are, uh, being that the totals are lower, you know they play good defense anyway. So it just gets more important. As It's like that championship game uh, total that was a it's, it's a really good trend to the under in championship games and actually many sports the defense steps it up more the offense a little bit more jittery but uh the defense travels and the defense they, they played more defense if you're really trying to win games that's when defense comes in and you can see that in the nba too so does that sound like a logical explanation explanation to to you yeah i think it's uh you know, it's uh, you would also get a lot of the games in here where it's two teams like playing for a conference title. You know, mm, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the game that decides who's going to win the regular season. Um, you know, they, those are huge games for these teams. You're usually not going to be playing for a conference title if you don't have a good defense. So um, it, it kind of filters out those teams that just, you know, outscore teams with the really ridiculous um, high scoring games. But I think it's interesting, you know. So in general, I think my biggest takeaway is bad teams late in the season, bet the over. Good teams late in the season against each other, uh, bet the under. Obviously, that's not just something I bet blindly. But, you know, I'd be really careful if you're betting two teams that have won, you know, a third of their games and you want to bet a low under. You know, that's that's a pretty dangerous thing because late in the season, they could be quite a bit different than they were at the beginning of the season. Yes, 100%. And real quick, Easy Baby 1988 says, uh, I'm seeing smart money on Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Maryland retrievers, I believe. 
and uh, I'm I'm pulling it up. He said, "You all agree? I, I, I don't see. I, I'm looking at the spread numbers. It looks like it's a little bit more towards Maine. So I, I don't see why that would be. Um, if there was more smart money on the money line, I would think it might affect the spread some. But it just depends upon the book. But Kyle, any quick thoughts on that question? Um." I mean, that's a game that I didn't look at too in depth. Uh, UMBC in Maine is a is a pace war. You know, Maine wants to play slow, win with defense. UMBC is just about as fast as anybody. They're jacking a ton of threes. Uh, lots of variance in a game like that. So uh, if you bet UMBC on the money line, I wouldn't blame you just because I could see lots of different ways that game could go. Uh, it's not a game against the spread that I would be terribly interested in betting. Though. Yeah, yeah, I'm not unless there's an injury that I'm missing or something. And a lot of these injury sites, they do the best that they can. I mean, look, there's 362 teams. It's not easy even for the sites itself. And they just collect data from Twitter and places like that. And it gets compiled, but um, yeah, I'm not seeing any reason for it. So unless you know something, I don't, <laughs> but if you ever know something, please tweet, tweet at me or DM me. I would love, I'd love to know what, you know, <laughs> sharing information is always a big thing for me. So um, that's good stuff, but no, I'm not seeing any, uh, injuries either for Maine. Um, so, uh, just, well, I guess Keelan Steele, but, um, he, uh, he, he's going to miss a month. I don't know how much he plays. I don't really watch a lot of Baltimore games, but, uh, that could be affecting it right there. So, um, one of my sites did, did pick that up. Let's talk about Friday slate a little bit, Kyle. Actually, you know what? Before we get into Friday slate, I always like to talk about this. Buy low, sell high. Oh, yeah. Buy low, sell high is fun because, you know, um, you're actually looking for value before the value comes. <laughs> you're looking for it before the lines come out in some sense. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a few buy low and a few uh, sell high teams. So um, for buy low, I'll go first, Kyle. Uh, sometimes my guests appreciate that so they can kind of know exactly what I'm talking about. And I don't always mean futures. I just mean for the uh, next couple games of betting. Kansas, believe it or not, I think they're somewhat by low. And uh, are you laughing, Kyle, because you had that one? <laughs> that was on my notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it's always a good thing when I line up with a sharp man like yourself. So there we go. Kansas 17th on Ken Palm. I mean, just too much ta talent and too great of coaching. It's crunch time. It's blue blood time, right? Uh, Kansas is uh, really picking it up and just showing that they finally could win away at Oklahoma. They're playing some defense. McCuller is fantastic. KJ Adams is good. Daywan Harris is doing good. And Hunter Dickinson, man, it's time to you know, shit or get off the pot, buddy. Uh, you know, he had his greatest years when he was a freshman, believe it or not, in Michigan. But now he's kind of uh, a little bit more of a role player. But the man is huge at 7'2". And if he just kind of takes it a little bit more of a leadership role, in my opinion, play a little bit more defense. This Kansas team could go all the way to the final four simply. So yeah, one of them was Kansas for me and a nice, definite matchup against Texas at home, a team I don't like and a team against BYU coming up. Who's a fade team. Ole Miss is the next one after last night's loss. So they were a sell high team for a while, Kyle, but now it's 70th on Ken Palm. I think they need a few big wins here coming up. They know that they've been, you know, I guess disregarded, somewhat disrespected but let's face it their non-conference was nothing and their best win is now florida and they need a couple big wins they got south carolina on deck they got alabama on deck both at home so believe it or not ole miss 
is going to be one of my buy low teams. 70th and Ken Palm, I think they're more in the 40s or 50s. I'm not so sure they're 70th in the nation, Kyle. I know they don't play a lot of defense, but they do have a very good offense. And believe it or not, number three might shock you a little bit, Arkansas State. And Arkansas State, I mean, if you looked at what they've done lately, it's it's been pretty good. I, Arkansas State, believe it or not, at home, I mean, we always like the home road splits, and we look at those, and that's been the biggest topic probably uh, of the betting year. But they're 145th on Ken Palm. They shoot 61.1% effective field goal at home. They won five of their last six games, and the one they lost was to James Madison, finally giving James Madison a game. They only lost uh, by four points at home against James Madison. So they have an interesting game tonight at Troy, and then they have South Alabama on deck. But this team is kind of you know picking it up at the right time. I think they're a little bit more dangerous than people think. So those are my buy low Kyle, uh, teams. Kyle, who are yours? Uh, I mean, Kansas was one of mine, so I'll start there. Uh, I think it's funny with all the team Kiev that uh, you know I had two two of each written down, and that's that's one of the ones that we matched. Um, I, I guess for Kansas, what I would add is, I mean, bet against Bill Self and Kansas at the end of the season at your own risk. We've seen this many times before. Yeah, uh, you know, oh, Kansas is done; they're not good enough. The end of the Big 12, uh, you know, they win a couple games that people didn't think they were going to win, and they're still up there to tie for the conference lead or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as the conference standings, but they're 11 and, 15, 11 and 15 against the spread. And I think that this is a good time to buy low on Kansas because, you know, Self is such a good coach. Kansas has plenty of talent. Um, I trust them here late in the regular season and when it comes to tournament time. So, I think now is a good time to be looking to bet uh, Kansas. For sure. The other team I had, Kiev, a little more under the radar, but obviously people know them as well. How about Furman? Remember Furman from last year when they won the first game uh, against Virginia there in the NCAA tournament? Um, Furman is 9-15 and 15 against the spread so far this year. Uh, the Paladins, a good veteran team. They've been here before. They just barely lost to Samford. On Wednesday night, Sanford's been really good this year. So they gave them a good game, covered the spread there. Furman has been badly banged up. They've had all kinds of injury problems. They are healthier now than they've been through the rest of the season. Right. I think Furman's probably a good team to try to bet on here the rest of the regular season and okay. through the conference tournament. Oh, I like that one, Furman. Yeah, uh, that sticks out too. So good stuff on there. Let's move on to sell high teams. And I'll let you go first so I don't steal any one of yours, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you briefly mentioned this team when you're talking about Ole Miss. I'm going to go sell high on South Carolina. Uh, they're 18 and eight against the spread. This is not me saying South Carolina is not a good team. It's me saying I think the market has them pretty highly rated at this point. Um, you know, Paris has done a great job with this team. Good coaching. They, they are sixth in luck factor at Ken Palm, though. I mean, we have to be honest that they've been at least a little bit lucky. The market's really high on them. They have some tougher matchups coming up. And I don't like them in the role of favorite. Uh, they've already lost some games that they shouldn't have lost. Uh, I think South Carolina, you mentioned that Ole Miss matchup coming up. I think they have some games coming up that don't look too favorable for them, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, a team that's 18-8 and eight against the spread, uh, clearly a much improved team, but I, I think that they're a little bit overvalued in the marketplace now. So there's one for me. I'll go ahead and do the second, too. Uh, the second team for me, Nebraska, 17-10 and 10 against the spread so far this year. Um, Hoiberg's done a really good job, too, and Nebraska's a good team. But Kiev, they just won their first game on the road 
in the Big Ten against Indiana. And I know Indiana's in this sad spot where, you know, this is a program that they care a ton about college basketball. Sure. You know, they should be better than they are. Yeah. But Indiana is not good enough right now that we should be terribly impressed that Nebraska went to Indiana and won. I mean, you know, this is not one of the good teams in the Big Ten. So playing away from home down the stretch and then the neutral site games and the Big Ten tournament, I don't trust Nebraska to win those type of games or to cover the spread in those games. They're 17 and 10 against the spread. They're a good team. And they're certainly much improved. But again, this is a team that I think has gotten a little bit overvalued at this point. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I was looking at Nebraska, too, and it's just it's just it's high for them. You know, now Hoiberg, I will give him credit. He really turned this team around. And this team has done enough now to make the tournament. So it's almost like they can go into relax mode here. I'd be very worried about them against a bad team like Ohio State coming up. Um, definitely worried about them at home against the best cover team in all of basketball in Minnesota, right? So, uh, yeah, I, is uh, they're probably a fade team right now coming up. So I totally agree with you, uh, certainly on that one. I have a few myself, and uh, just gonna go. I, I I said this one early in the season; it came to fruition, but they climbed back up. So I'm gonna knock them back down, Kyle. And it's Gonzaga. Um, there's back to twentieth on Ken Palm. Um, I don't think they're a 20 rated team. I, I think that they have good coaching and they're just in a very easy conference. Now, I know that there is some questionable officiating with that uh, St. Mary's loss. I think St. Mary's is a very good team. So they'll have their chances again to of face St. Mary's. And a lot of people will grab that road revenge angle that you and I talked about on spaces on Monday night, which we are, by the way, doing spaces Monday nights. Uh, if you guys ever want to tune into that, uh, Monday's at 11 Eastern. But, man, this is just a team that doesn't have that Drew Timmy, right? They got some young guys there. They have they have some juniors there, uh, some seniors, actually just one senior in Anton Watson. But this isn't the team that they used to be. And I'm not going to fade them tonight against Portland. Maybe I should. But against Santa Clara at home, people are going to say revenge spot. They're going to be laying 13, 14, 15 points. I think Santa Clara hangs with them again. You know, then they're going to have a really tough San Francisco game sandwiched yeah. into St. Mary's, right? You're going to have that just flat spot type thing. It's a semi-away game, meaning neutral court. That could be an under right there, just thinking about that. But, man, that's going to be an interesting game um, in San Francisco or against San Francisco as well. So I think they kind of could flutter down the crunch. Now, they got that big win against Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky, you know, they're a very, let's just say, inconsistent team. But, uh, no, Gonzaga, I still think, isn't guaranteed in the tournament, Kyle. I agree with you, and I think this is a good call. Kiev, that San Francisco game interests me quite a bit. You know, if they're favored by three, three and a half in a game like that, that's probably a good San Francisco spot. The Dons are good. And uh, they're very capable of winning that game. Uh, that game's being played at Chase Center where the Warriors play. Right. So it is still pretty much a home game for them. Um, I think Gonzaga is uh, definitely not the 20th best team in the country. I don't even think it's very close. And I, I like St. Mary's more. The fact that they're ranked below them in Ken Palm kind of surprises me. Um, I think St. Mary's is better than Gonzaga. Me too. And Gonzaga's offense, while it is very good, they're not as good as they've been in past years. And we know their defense kind of lets them down against really good opponents, especially come NCAA tournament. Their defense does not look very good. Um, will they get to the NCAA tournament this year? Like you said, I don't, I don't think it's a sure thing at this point. 
and uh, you know, laying laying 13 or 14 against Santa Clara, scary. And then, man, if they win that Santa Clara game easy, I think we have a pretty good spot there against San Francisco. Yeah, without a doubt, that would be fun. Um, that would, uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of what you're looking at. Maybe you bet Santa Clara, and if you don't cover, you go you, you go harder on the next one. Or if you do cover, you do the same better lower on the next one too. So kind of positioning your bets for spots is sometimes what I do as well, somewhat successful. But um, obviously great stuff to look at on this one. And finally, I have Texas A&M Commerce, Kyle. I know that's one of those Kyle Hunter teams that uh, I've kind of blown you away with. But uh, four guys were suspended last night for three games, including their center, Jerome Brewer. And he's their second best scorer, best rebounder. Now, most of the guys suspenders are just kind of role players, but these this team's like you look at the there's there's injuries that aren't reported properly on injury sites. They're just kind of a mess right now, and I don't think the market's going to pick up on Texas A and M Commerce by Saturday when they play Nicole State. So, just wanted to throw one of those out there because I noticed it. When I looked at sometimes when I look through the injury report, I'm looking through cluster injuries, and this really popped up as something significant. Kyle, I love this one, Kiev. You know, this is right down my alley. Uh, I, I would say that this is one of the reasons it's so much fun chatting with you on this because we're not just talking about Duke and North Carolina and games like, uh, teams like that. But I mean, I think everybody or most people have seen the fight that happened after that last game. Those guys definitely did deserve to get suspended yeah. several games that's pretty bad yeah. um and you know texas a&m commerce and nickel state houston christian lamar those games are going to be playing kiev i'm pretty confident that a lot of the odds makers are just going to copy ken palm's number on that one so if they if they do uh, i think uh fading them is, is a good spot so i really like this one awesome good stuff well glad to find that one in the woodwork here so glad we agree on it as well let's talk some big games then. And it's so funny. Kyle texts me, and Friday looks terrible. There's <laughs> something you said, something so like that. Bad. It looks like it just looks bad. I mean, yeah, Nevada. You think there's a good Mountain West game? No, it's Nevada versus San Jose State. Yeah, nope, not so good, right? I mean, San Jose State's at home, but uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I would bet it, but Jesus. Uh, probably don't want to mess with that because Nevada thinks they're on the bubble too, right? That's a situation where they might put some big effort into it, even though it's away. I'm gonna. T I'm just gonna say a team that's been killing it for me. And believe it or not, Kyle, this team. And I. I think I said this week, so my listeners are like, "Oh, he said it again." This team hasn't lost in a away conference game. <laughs> you know? Do you know who I'm talking about? Hasn't lost an away conference game. No, they haven't lost an away game since December second, I believe. I. I don't know who you're talking about. The Purple Eagles, my man. Niagara. Oh, wow. Yeah, Niagara. Okay. Niagara. You look at them. Every single away game since their loss to Syracuse, which they covered, by the way, back on December 21st. I know they covered because I bet Syracuse. Sorry, remember that. They have one away. I mean, every single. It's not that they didn't, didn't cover. They covered and won every single away game, which is very strange because they lose to Siena at home, 359th. They lose to Manhattan at home, 344th. They lost to Iona at home by three recently. But they've literally beat St. Peter's on the road, Fairfield on the road, Quinnipiac on the road, uh, <laughs> Iona on the road. It's just an amazing, like, 
trend that's been going with them, and I've been on them the last four bets in a row away, I'm probably not going to go away because they're on the road against Canisius on Friday. Ken Palm has them losing it by one. <laughs> I hope it. I hope their dogs by one because I'll be all over that baby, Kyle. Man, that's a good one. You know, I have noticed Niagara has been covering spreads a lot lately. I didn't realize they hadn't lost a game uh, on the road there. Canisius doesn't have like some great home court advantage either. And yeah, I think I've said this one before on here that MAAC road teams have done better in that conference than any other conference in the country. So uh, this, I'm going to watch this one now, Kiev. I, I hope this is minus one for Canisius. I don't think it probably will be, but yeah, uh, even, but even Niagara minus one or something like that. I, th- I think that'd probably be a good look there in that one. Um, the, the only game that kind of stood out to me is kind of interesting. Kiev was Kent state and Akron. I mean, that's a, that's a big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Kent has not been very good this year. They've underachieved, uh, these games can get really chippy. We've seen fights in this game multiple times in the past. Um, I tend to think Akron uh, wins that game, but let's see how many they're favored by. Maybe the under. Uh, the first game, both teams shot better than they usually do. So uh, I don't think we see you know 1.2 points per possession out of those teams again. So Akron and Kent under is my lean, but I, I will be fair and say, you know, I looked at the Friday slate and I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is really bad. I'm looking forward to the Saturday games a lot more. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, Akron's ranked a lot higher, but I remember losing this overtime last year and in, in uh, overtime, Kent, Akron lost and they didn't cover because of overtime. One of those overtime beats. I was on Akron last year in this exact spot and I was pretty upset about it, but they do get Kent State at home and they're going to be the favorite now. So Maybe one to watch for the fun, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet it. Uh, you know, Akron does play some defense. Kent State more of a – they used to be more of a speed team. They're actually a little bit slower this year. A little bit I, – I guess they lost a lot of players from last year probably, Kyle, right? Does that make sense? They're, they're a better team last year. Yeah, the other thing that Kent has had trouble with this year, I mean, they're like about the shortest team in the country. I mean, they just don't have any big guys. So, um, you know, the defense is not nearly what it used to be, but – I, I just know intensity will be super high there. Also, opponents, you have opponents are shooting 81% from the line against Kent State in the conference. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. We've talked about free throw luck in the past. I mean, everybody's not going to shoot 81% from the line. So I think that one uh, stands out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. That's 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 definitely a fade uh, free throws there for sure. Well, let's move on to uh, Saturday's slate, the big day for betting. And, uh, I'm going to start right out with the best game, if that's okay, Kyle. Uh, Houston versus Baylor, at least the number one ranked game on Ken Palm, or I mean on Haslametrics. One thing I like about Haslametrics is, uh, you know, he ranks the games by, you know, power, really. And uh, you see the top teams always in the best games. But here we are, Uh, Houston versus Baylor. I'm guessing Baylor's going to be about a three-point dog at home, Kyle. Total is 137. I faded Baylor against BYU last night. Was it the night before? One of those. Um, but now I think I'm going to come back because I don't like Houston away. I, this is a big spot for Baylor, and it has a little bit more meaning for the Bears, Kyle, because L.J. Cryer, you know, I mean, L.J. Cryer, he won a championship with Baylor as a freshman. He was more of a role player then behind Mitchell and what's-his-face, but uh, he, uh, you know, you know was, he, he played a role, and he then, you know, he played with Baylor, which Baylor was a good team, just kind of went from amazingly good, just, just absolutely holy cow to you know a a good slash great team and 
you know, he had, did a senior transfer to Houston. It was probably amicable. But when it's in Baylor, I think it means less to LJ Cryer to go back to his home where he would. I mean, if he could retire, he'd retire a Baylor Bear. He wouldn't retire a Houston Cougar. I think it's more bigger on the guys that lost him. They're going to be like, well, LJ Cryer, we're playing against LJ, right? I, I think that the, it almost favors that them at home being like, we're not going to lay down to him, uh, you know, our buddy that uh, left with other team. I almost think that's a better spot for Baylor here to DM up and, and play a little bit better D. Now, Baylor has a better offense than Houston. Houston's offense is suspect if they're not getting offensive rebounds. And it, it's pretty significant. I mean, Baylor ninth in effective field goal. Houston's what one hundred and thirty third. Um, Baylor also gets their offensive rebounds, uh, not so much on the defensive side, but they're also number fourth in second chance points. Now, there is no argument to Houston's defense, but the problem with the, the Big Twelve and a lot of games this year is that I, I think part of the home field advantage is the, you're getting the whistles as a home team, and you're not getting it as an away team. And if Baylor's going to be a home dog of three points, I I could see them winning this game a couple different ways. Home road splits are big. 360th for Houston away from home on Haslametrics. Baylor 14th at home. I want the three, Kyle. I, I, I'm, I'm going to look at the opener. Maybe you get better than that. Maybe you get the three. I think it goes down. I think this would close at about a one and a half or two. But I'll, I'll take I'll take uh, BY. I'll, I'll take Baylor to win this game. Uh, yeah, the first thing I put in my notes for this game, Kiev, was I don't think uh, Houston's going to be favored by three points like Ken Palm has it. So if, if it comes out at that, I don't think it'll last very long because um, people are going to want to take uh, the home team plus the points here. So if you like that, I think you bet it early. I don't know that I want to bet a side in this game. I think I'd rather bet the under. Um, 137 is what Ken Palm has. I really do trust Houston's defense. I mean, the only question with Houston – and uh, you know this, Kiev, but uh, how the officials call the game matters a lot because they're super aggressive on defense. If you get some of those guys that really want to call fouls quickly, it's going to go over because there are going to be so many free throws. Uh, so I wish we could know who the officials were going to be and what their tendencies were. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I like to we like to look at that for like the NFL, the NBA. Well, college doesn't even release it until. I know, morning I know. Of. It's, it's not even really released. It doesn't hit the news. I mean, some it should. It's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. We have to go without really knowing that. Uh, I think Baylor, though, has slowed down considerably in conference. You have 19.2 seconds per possession, so they're, they're not pushing pace at all. Um, I see them as a team that is okay with winning lower-scoring games. Their three-point percentage in non-conference was, like, you know, upper 40s, and now in conference play, 34.5%. I, I think for Houston – and I think I like Houston a little bit better than Kiev does in general because uh, I, I think it was even last year, which you ended up being right, that Houston uh, got knocked out of the tournament earlier. Uh, but Calvin Sampson's teams have been really good consistently. Um, I, I think he's a very good coach. I think defense travels so much that I, I trust them to win games on neutral sites. Uh, Jamal Shedd does not get enough love. People talk about LJ Cryer and how good he's been. Uh, maybe he scores more points, but Jamal Shedd's fantastic. I think he's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, so I'm not going to fade Houston in this game, but I think I'd like uh, to buy Houston on those neutral site games coming up later because I do trust their defense to win them some games. 
we'll see when we get to bracket time this year, Kia. Maybe <laughs> I think I might have Houston out there a little bit farther than you do. But in this one, I think under is my favorite play. All right, under. Good stuff. So uh Kevin asks, doesn't doesn't Mary Mac minus fifteen at home versus St. Francis PA fit Kyle's seventy-two percent hit rate of good teams covering a team that has better than fifty percent against the spread? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, is that tonight? Yeah, Merrimack. Merrimack wasn't a 15-point favorite, I don't think, at the Open, but then it's been moved up. Uh, they're like 14.5 up to 15.5 here. So they're right on the edge of that. But, yeah, it does fit, and they're past uh, the game the game number where it's late in the season. So that one does fit. We'll see how Merrimack does there in that one. All right. Well, there you go. He found one right away. Good job there, Kevin. Awesome yeah. doing some research for that and bringing that into our attention. Really appreciate that. Let's move on to another game. Kyle, do you have a game to pick for Friday or for Saturday? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about uh, BYU and Kansas State. Uh, BYU-Kansas State is a game where uh, Kiev, BYU can't be trusted away from home. I think we know that. You know, it's 355th uh, according to Haslametrics and away from home rating. Now, Kansas State, this surprised me that they're 313th at home. Because we know that they've pulled off some big wins at home, but they've been wildly inconsistent too. They have some bad losses. Right. Um, you know, which Kansas State team are we going to get in this one? You know, it's kind of hard to say. I think BYU is so good at pushing pace that I think there will be points scored in this game. And for me, BYU's defensive numbers in the Big 12 really kind of tell the story. Remember at the beginning of the season when BYU uh, BYU was like fifth or sixth in Ken Palm at one point. You know, like they were clearly too high. There's no way they were that good. Um, their defense looked really good. Now their defense giving up 1.1 points per possession in the Big 12. I mean, that's not good at all. Uh, on the road, they've given up a ton of points. They still push pace. I think uh, Kansas State would be the side I would want to bet here if I were taking a side. Uh, team total for Kansas State over maybe. Uh, I will say, though, this is not, not like the strongest play or anything for me. I just think that uh, BYU will push pace, but I don't trust their defense to stop them. That's some great analysis because it lines up with what I'm thinking on this game as well. And uh, Kansas State is in a good spot. You know, it's not like they're winning a ton, um, but they need this game like blood to make the postseason. They're not out of it yet. You know, they're close to out of it, but they're not out of it. But if you look at their wins, they're mostly against some, I guess, suspect teams, you would say, right? Uh, not so good teams. Um, they don't shoot the ball that well. That's their problem. But they, they at least hit on about 49.9, almost 50% effective field goal when they're at home. But they rely on the, on the defensive side of the ball, Kyle. They, they really do. And Ken Palm, their defensive efficiency ranks 14th. You know, it's almost kind of like, they're the Texas A&M of the Big 12, in, in a way. Is that a fair comparison? Kind of can't shoot the ball well, plays good defense. Um, I, I, they do get some offensive rebounds. That's good. But if you look at their schedule, I mean, it's been a gauntlet, man. I mean, of course, Iowa and Houston. You know, Let's just talk about after January 20th because they were mostly you know, a very good record. And then they went uh, they, they won one game out of like their last nine since January 20th, but it was Iowa State away, Houston away, Oklahoma at home. Yeah, that was a bad loss. Oklahoma State on the road, they lost by three. Then they beat Kansas, the you know maybe the best team or 
No, not best, but second or third best team. Houston's the best team, let's face it. Houston, Iowa State, and then probably Kansas is how I have the Big 12, Kyle. They beat Kansas, which is a big win. And then they go to BYU and do their thing by losing. And But that loss, Kyle, was only a six-point loss. I mean, going to Provo and only losing by six points is kind of saying something. They lose a very tough last-second shot on Saturday at home to TCU, and then they lose to Texas on the road, big spot for Texas. This is all Kansas State for me. Um, and they do have a few small advantages. I think near proximity, they should be able to uh, proc- they, they should be able to score a little bit against BYU. And Kansas State, they defend the three very well. BYU is third in taking over 50% of their shots are threes. So you're if you're if you're feeding into what Kansas State does does well, ranking fourth in adjusted three-point defense on Hasla, you, you have a good a good shot. So there's a few matchup things that I really like about Kansas State. Even though they're not the greatest shooting team, they can get some offensive boards, get some good second chance shots. And uh, the spot, there is no bigger spot for them. This is their, they, they need this game or they're completely out, Kyle. So I'll, I'll be on Kansas State probably for maybe a little bit better than what you're saying for a size of a play. Not max play, but a medium play. Yeah, Kiev, I think it is a great, great spot. You know, they lose several close games in a row. They got to win this one. Then they got coming up West Virginia, a winnable game at Cincinnati, who's been a bit inconsistent. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they could get a little streak going, but they have to win this game. And uh, it's interesting to see some of the others projecting a line a little bit bigger than three. So, you know, if this gets up to four or five points here on Kansas State, I'd have to bet them for sure. Oh, for, oh, that would definitely be wonderful. I know, I know that game we talked about before, Hasla uh, has it at four and Bartorvik has it at five. So that's why I was kind of hoping for a three for Baylor, but I'm not sure if that I, – I still think you're right. I think this gets hit and goes down – uh, pretty quick. Well, the last game I picked was USC versus UCLA, Kyle. Uh, do you want to start on this one? Sure. Um, Kev, you want to trust USC? I mean, if you want to trust USC, then I'm going to let you trust USC by yourself. Here <laughs> um, um, I sure don't. I mean, I don't think UCLA is a great team. So uh, I wonder what, I, I don't know what uh, Torvik or Haslam projected this one at. I'm kind of curious. Maybe you can even look, I'll, at I'll that look it while up. I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, you know, four is what Ken Palm has. And UCLA is not really a team that I want to lay a ton of points with because they do play a lot of close games. But I think that their style of play, you know, they slow the game down, they win with defense. I think they're going to get to pick the style of play. USC kind of plays the opponent style. And USC seems to have, like, bad team chemistry. I mean, they go through these bad droughts. Uh, they might look good for a little bit. But they can't put a full game together. Uh, and this one, the only thing I could bet would be UCLA or maybe the under or USC team total under or something. Uh, USC takes a lot of bad shots. You know, I've watched enough of their games now to see that you know, the quality of the shots that they take are just not very good. Um, you know, they have talent. We know that. They've underachieved a lot. Uh, Andy Enfield, you know, has got to be on the hot seat here pretty soon because USC expected a lot uh, from him. He can had, I can I stop you right some, there? It, so nice. It, isn't yeah. it weird? For, to see Andy Enfield's team ranked in the hundreds and Mick Cronin and Mick, and Mick Cronin's team to be ranked ninety one, I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. you would have said looked at these two teams three years ago or two years ago, and you'd be like, "Are you serious? What the hell happened to them?" Right? So, right. It, it, so it's 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 interesting, but 
I think there's some distraction with USC too. I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish before I get into it. Well, I mean, Kiev, look at the USC recruiting classes too. I mean, they've had some really high rated recruiting classes. I mean, you, you can't have those kind of recruiting classes and set expectations where they were and finish where they are here without having some real issues. And uh, USC, yeah, they picked up a home win over Oregon State. They won at home against Utah, who's played really bad on the road. Uh, I don't trust them here on the road at all. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think this is a tricky one because I don't just sit there, Kiev, and think I want to lay points with UCLA because I know they play close games. They play low-scoring games. I will say, though, uh, Mick Cronin has done a great job turning this team around from what I remember their loss to Utah where they lost by like 50 points. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys would a lot of guys would have lost the team. That would have been it. You know, that would have been it for the season. The fact that they've turned it around, had a good season since then, and then lost the last game on a heartbreaker, right on the tip in, right at the very end of the game. I think this this kind of sets up as a good spot. They had plenty of time to get ready for this game. So uh, I think it's a UCLA situational spot well that tip in made my day just good instead of great on sunday i went three and one instead of four and oh and i took the money line so it did make it for me it was like literally that carlson tip in that ruined it and i mean he just was coming through the back he's he's a tall guy it was just just cleaned it up and got it in no time for ucla to do anything you know it's they're still young because you know they they lost all their guys last year. They lost everybody, right? Uh, Jamie Jaquez, right? Tyga Campbell. They, they lost everybody last year. And, and USC lost a lot of people too. But here's my angle with USC. And I'm not saying for sure I'm going to be betting this, but I'm going to lean at least USC. USC certainly has nothing to play for if you look at, you know, 10 and 16, they're done. They haven't, I guess, Seton Hall is their best win. Kansas State back in the first game of the season in November 6th. Um, Utah is probably next. But here's the here's the difference. Isaiah Collier has been back. And Isaiah Collier came back for the Cal game. He played 27 minutes, and this went to overtime. He went to Cal and pushed it to overtime. And then Stanford was the second away game, got absolutely lambasted. But then they beat Utah at home, and that's pretty impressive. And then Colorado, they, I think they are up by 20 points, Kyle, and choked it away to Colorado. It was something absolutely ridiculous. That happened on Saturday or Sunday, February 17th it was. Um, so that was on Saturday. People were talking about it, and they lost in two overtimes. Well, that shows me that you're, they're still fighting a little bit. But this is also a rivalry game. Is it really a, that much of a true road game at UCLA? You know, there's going to be some fans from them. It's Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's two coaches that kind of know each other well. It makes me look towards the dog. And UCLA, as good as they played on defense – they still rank 331st in effective field goal. If you're laying north of four points with that kind of effective field goal to really anybody, I worry about you. Now, the whole Bronny James thing, I think that was a distraction for this team, but now it's kind of cooled off a little bit. Nobody expects him to come out and just be like LeBron James, right? He's going to be like Bronny James and sit on the bench. And I, I don't even know if the kid could actually make the NBA. Is he going to leave this year? Yeah, Jesus. No. I mean, he'll have to play in the G League for a little while or whatever, but... I mean, maybe he's not. I, that's a whole nother discussion. I, I, want, I, I think the kid needs to go back to college and learn some things. But personally, this is, I think, four points might be too much. So I'm going to lean USA. But I wanted to mention this game because of the you know two coaches that completely fell off the watermelon wagon and, uh, it, you know, that we looked at as top guys 
hell, uh, USC was a top four, top three team for a couple years in a row there. So very interesting situation, isn't it? It is. And um, I see, you know, four and a half or five projected some places. I don't think I can lay that many points, Kiev, but I I don't know. I mean, if, if I don't bet it, I'm going to root for you on USC, but I, it just worries me to, to back USC. I, I don't yeah. trust them. They had a 16-point lead there against Colorado with like 15 minutes left in the game. Colorado's been terrible on the road. You know that. Um, so blowing that game hurt quite a bit. I don't know. This this would have been a great game in the past, and now you know it's kind of an under-the-radar game. By the way, do we have the cojones to play Washington State tonight? <laughs> I mean, against I Arizona. Do. I mean, they've been just playing amazingly, right? But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Arizona is a, a pretty good favorite, but it's not like an 18-point favorite. You know, it's not, It's like they're at home, and Arizona has just been lamb-blasting people, and they lost to Washington State. But, I mean, if Washington State is really the 34th best team, you would play it. But I'm not sure if they are either, you know. Just want to throw that out there for a game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I – I don't think uh, I would trust Washington State there. I do think Washington State's a good team, very well coached, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty good spot there. For so, want to do some hodgepodge then? Unless you have another game that you circled, let's sure. talk yeah. about some hodgepodge. UConn Villanova. You know, Nova was a fade team for me, but they they've bit me a couple times. I was I did play Butler the other night, and uh, I mean Butler just that's one team I just haven't won on, and I got to <laughs> stay away from Butler. Yeah. It's tempting. But um, I think that the problem with Nova is they're not really that big inside. And that plays into what UConn's good at with Klingon. You know, he, he's 7'2". He is an absolute force inside. When Samson Johnson's in, he's a force inside. And Nova, God, they rank 358th in block percentage on offense, getting blocked. And only 282nd. Um, on defense, you know, it's like, what are you guys going to, what kind of answer are you guys going to have for a way against Klingon? You know, um, this was interesting because they did play them well against UConn in the middle of the season. They lost by one point. They kind of hung there. They uglied up the game a little bit, but this almost is like a spot play for UConn, but you're going to be laying nine or 10, Anything that, I mean, this is probably the second best game, if not the first best game for Saturday. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think maybe under. I mean, the possessions in that first game, 59 possessions. So Villanova wants to play slow. Uh, UConn can play at any pace and win. I mean, I think that's what makes them good. They can win those high-scoring games. They can win the low-scoring games. doesn't really matter. In general, their pace is pretty slow. But 59 possessions in the first game, they actually shot fairly well in that game. You know, if we see a 135 or something like that in this total, I think I would probably lean to the under. As far as a side, Kiev, I don't like betting Villanova games too much because I think they're one of the most inconsistent teams. Like, you know, they have some really good wins. They have some really bad losses. Which Villanova team is going to show up? Is it going to be the one that lost to Drexel or Penn? Or is it going to be the one that, you know, beat Creighton on the road or – uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, or beat North Carolina. So as far as the side, you also could argue, that obviously, this is a fantastic bounce back spot for UConn off of uh, that loss. So I don't know about the side. I think I would take UConn, but we'll see. I mean, if it's already 
like if that's going to play into the line, which it probably will, then in their 12 point spreads, I would look more towards the under. That's for sure, you know, because the under is not always looked at like that. So, um, yeah, that's I mean, unfortunately, the under is going to be 133, 135, something like that, maybe. So, yeah, that makes makes sense. Another weird situation, Auburn at Georgia, Auburn finally just a terrible performance against Kentucky and they had a week to think about it. Now they have to go to Georgia. Georgia's a good home team, but they choke at the end. Just one of those Auburn or nothing probably for me. I I don't know. I I I'm I, I see a lot of high variance in this game too. Auburn was getting a little high up there too. I'm not they might be a top four team. I'm I, I would probably say they're a top eight team. I don't know. It's just interesting how we would rank these teams, man. You know, I think Janai Broom is so good on defense that it, I mean, it's really helped that team a lot. But uh, their offense, I mean, away from home, they haven't been that good. Uh, do we really trust, trust Auburn and neutral sites when you get to the tournament? I don't know. Pearl hasn't been tremendous in those spots in the past, anyways. Um, you know, Auburn has been fantastic at home. Obviously, they lost the game to Kentucky, but they've been blowing out everybody else. I don't think I can lay nine points with Auburn in this game, though. I mean, Georgia's a pretty talented team with some nice wins. Uh, they, they won against uh, South Carolina. Uh, that was a um, – they won on the road, yeah, at South Carolina there in that one. Then they lost at home to them. They've, they've been pretty inconsistent. I don't know what I'm going to get from them. Um, 146-ish total. I mean, I don't know. Do you bet under? It's hard to bet a Georgia under. They push pace, not very good on defense. Oh, yeah. If they're hitting threes, they're on. If they're not, then it's under. You know, it's just. That's it's tough. Uh, can I bring up another game here? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So we haven't said anything about what some people would think could be the biggest game, Alabama and Kentucky. I'm glad you, I'm looking at that now. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So so we're thinking alike again. I like it. Um Alabama's been scoring so many points. I mean, this total is going to be like 178 or 178 and a half or something ridiculous. But what interests me about this game is, Kiev, you know, Kentucky's defense had been so bad. It looks to me like the last couple of games, they've kind of slowed the pace down on purpose. Um, you, you go to play Auburn, you play a 67 possession game. That's kind of weird when you look at the overall possessions for both teams. I mean, both of those teams have been playing tons of games in the 70s as far as pace. Then Kentucky goes to LSU, another team that plays quick, 71 possessions because it kind of sped up there at the end of the game. That was a wild, really good game. Um, but I, I, I'm going to hate myself if I bet it and it loses. <laughs> I, I can, you know what I'm going to say. I, mean, I know I, what I you're going to say under <laughs> I think I kind of lean the under in this game. Like, it, obviously, it could finish one hundred to ninety-five, and it wouldn't be shocking. But I mean, can you bet over one seventy-eight? Well, you know, I mean, you have. I mean, here's the thing: when you have two fast teams play against each other, it it it's multiple multiplication. Yeah. It's not addition, right? It it really really. Pays. But Alabama plays good defense. Um, well, they have played good defense. I know they don't always play good defense, but you know they they they've stopped. Uh, a&M to 75 points, even with a fast pace. You know, they Ole Miss, 67 points. They, they, Their defense definitely took a hit. But I, I looked at them as playing pretty good defense, at least in the beginning of the season. Uh, Kentucky defense has improved, and their pace went down. So it, it, te- it says to look at the under if you look at recent trends. I, I bet you if we pull up the Bart Torvik um, 
stuff on them, it, it does show a pretty big curve. Defensive efficiency up for Kentucky and pace definitely going down a little bit. Yeah, the curve is certainly going down for Kentucky for pace. It always goes down because of the non-conference, but there's a little bit of a, if you look at five-game rolling average on Torvik, it, it, it definitely shoots to the under here. 67, like you said, against Auburn here. And, uh, I mean, they haven't had a above 74 possession game since Gonzaga or since Georgia. Since Georgia, even Gonzaga was uh, uh, probably a little bit lower, you know, so. 71. 71, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get to 178 points. You have to be almost perfect, you know, and if you're not, if you're playing under 75 possessions, that's not going to be easy. So, well, go well, ahead. Kiev also, uh, Kentucky switched up the lineup a decent amount and put in that uh, Diero, the big guy that, that has been a good shot blocker, uh, four blocks there against LSU. I think he is limited offensively compared to some of the other guys, but he's so good defensively. It helps him quite a bit. Uh, I guess I'm curious too. What do you think of the side in this game? I mean, so. Bama's probably going to be favored at Kentucky. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, Kentucky doesn't really lose too often at home, do they? Uh, that's where they've been very good. the The losses were really away. You know, they have not. They haven't lost one home game since Clemson back on November twenty eighth. Yet they haven't played anybody at home their toughest home sec game was florida and it went to overtime right um or sorry i was looking at alabama um yeah alabama is actually the one that loses away so kentucky they 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 lost against gonzaga at home. that's it that's it that's it now you're yeah I, I would say i'm gonna stay away from the side i would stay away yeah. from it yeah i have no reason i i can see both teams winning a little bit more variance with the speed, right? Yeah, I, I think I stay away from the side too. I mean, do you want to lay points at Kentucky? Probably not. Kentucky's upside still really high. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky makes a run in the tournament. Uh, still a very good team. Yeah, sorry. So when I was looking at Alabama actually being on the road, that's where they do lose. So they did lose at Auburn and again and at Tennessee. But the truth is, is like that's Auburn and Tennessee, two top seven teams. <laughs> you know, Kentucky is not exactly a top seven team. So yeah, I would stay away from the total, uh, side on this one. Uh, Saturday, there's Iowa State is another weird one. I mean, they're going to be massive spread against West Virginia, but it, this is just another big team that just lost. Now, granted, they lost to Houston, but it's funny. You see Auburn, UConn, and Iowa State all coming up losses uh, from their last game for their big... Uh, big situation here here's an interesting one north carolina at virginia and according to haslametrics it's a three and a half point spread man virginia uh burned me a, a couple times recently um i was kind of on them as a buy low team and then they were actually at their peak sometimes that happens you, you, know, you mispredict them a little bit and they lost to pittsburgh at home they only uh beat wake by two at home and they lost to virginia tech away now, Virginia is a really good home team, but, I mean, North Carolina, dude, it's like you were just looked at as a Final Four team at the end of January. Then you lose to Georgia Tech, you lose at home to Clemson, and then you lose away to Syracuse. Now, they did go home and beat Virginia Tech. 
I could only look to North Carolina. Ken Palm has it four, though. I don't want to lay four points on the road either. Yeah, I would I would lean North Carolina in this game. I think Virginia has been uh, you know bad enough in several of these games. You lose by eleven at home to Pitt, 49-47 against Wake Forest. Uh, really slow. I don't I don't think it's too likely that they can hold North Carolina to a really low number. So they're going to have to score a decent amount of points here. Um, I have to lean North Carolina in that game. It just depends. If, if the refs are calling fouls on Virginia's really lockdown defense, then yeah. But if they're not, it could just knock. And this is what Virginia does. They knock people off their games and uh, with that amazing defense. And it's easier to, like you love, always say, Kyle, it's easier to slow teams down more than speed them up. And yeah. North Carolina would like to speed them up, but it's probably going to be a little bit slower. And if you get into their confidence, that's where – Virginia can try to get that big win. Interesting game. Um, probably stay away from it, but I would also, if this if this gets in the high, uh, middle, it says 130, but if this gets to 133, I might look towards the under here. I think Virginia can slow them down or not score. <laughs> you know, that's what you're hoping for, not score, right? You know that. Virginia doesn't take a lot of threes, right? They're they're thirtieth in three point percentage, but they're only ranked three hundred ninth in attempted threes. Um, if they're not taking a lot of threes, I mean that's where it goes under, Kyle. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think I'll bet the uh, the total in that game. I, it's, it's such a pace war. Uh, it is easier to slow teams down than it is to speed them up, especially if you're the better team. Um, I don't really think they're the better team, no. so. Probably a pass on the total there. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about Sunday slate a little bit then. Mm-hmm. And I also gave you some hints on some of my, you know, buy low, sell high. I'm probably looking at Kansas, obviously, who can't hint for Saturday. Uh, Sunday, man, there's some great games on Sunday. Uh, Marquette Xavier is going to be interesting. Marquette's at home. You got Michigan against Ohio State. What is Ohio State now that they uh, fired their coach? Uh, one that I wrote down was Creighton versus St. John's. And you know, St. John's was kind of a fade team lately, but now what is Creighton after this big win against UConn? Because Creighton, if you look at some of their stuff, you know, they've faltered themselves in bad positions, losing to Providence away, losing that. Well, they went to overtime against Seton Hall away and uh, they lost to Marquette away. That's fine. But uh, that home loss to Butler was really weird. I think they did figure it out though, but now they're going to St. John's away. And Rick Patino. I don't know if you saw some of the news on him, dude. He said some really bad stuff about his kids. <laughs> like saying this guy's do this guy can't do this, this guy can't do that. I don't want to even repeat necessarily. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. I mean, dude, what do you think about this? They're going to be St. John's is going to be a 3-point home dog to Creighton. What do you think? Uh, this is a really interesting game. When you when you said that we were going to talk about this one, I I thought about this one for a little bit because um, Kiev Creighton would have been a buy low team for me before they beat UConn. Yeah. Uh, we did talk about Creighton on, on spaces earlier this week. Like you said, on Twitter X, we do this, uh, spaces there on Monday nights. So definitely tune into that. Uh, if you're interested, um, I think Creighton has a really high upside. Um, but Creighton has been wildly inconsistent. I mean, if you look at consistency, uh, I was pulling it up on Haslametrics, the 326 out of 362 and consistency, yeah. What are you going to get from Creighton? Uh, I mean, you're coming off that massive win. I think Creighton is better than St. John's, but I don't know how, how is St. John's going to respond? Because I did see, 
I mean, Patino was just trashing them. I mean, that was definitely more than <laughs> usually you'll see coaches, you know, say a few things just to try to fire up the team. That I think that was pretty excessive. Kyle, I, I, I don't, I, I, it was, and I don't, I don't know how this guy with so many bad check marks against him can keep getting good jobs. Um, I say you live bet this and it might be a good live betting game. Like there's nothing you can give out to subscribers or tweet out beforehand, but you can do it while I think you're going to kind of see where Creighton's head's at after the letdown spot is Creighton saying, you know what? We want to make that two seed. You know, we, we have a big win against Yukon. Uh, uh, we have Marquette on deck at home. Um, you know, we, we can keep rolling here or is this total letdown? You're going to find that out in the first five minutes. And what's more important, you're going to find out what St. John's is about what, yeah. how they're reacting. Cause maybe this does fire them up and they listen to Patino or maybe these kids are being like, give them the big middle finger. And, uh, I think just the first couple points, even not even five minutes in this game might be a good decision. You know, it's just so interesting coming off the letdown on one side and coming off the coach insulting you on the other side. Oh man. Sports these days, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Last game I want to mention, uh, Rutgers is going to be playing Maryland, Kyle. And, has the metrics has the total a huge number at 121 points. So is this total even too low for the Kyle Hunters in the world to bet? I mean, I think you and I used to bet Liberty totals under this, but you know, I'm not so sure about this one. Okay, Kiev. So Ken Palm has 119 for this one. And as I'm thinking about this, I think like I can foresee this one opening at like 121. And then I think what will happen is we'll go up to like 125 or 126. So if you want to bet over, you want to bet this right away, you also could possibly get a middle in a game like this because really low-scoring game, um, you know, points are at a premium. If you get over 121, under 126, you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, I think I would like the under if it gets bet up to 126, but I can't bet under 120 or 121. I mean, everything has to go right in that case. And this one, though, I think I like the side better. Um, it, Rutgers is good at home and Rutgers has, uh, Williams added to the fold at this point. I think he's a pretty nice boost to them. Uh, he's only played five games now. They're the second ranked defense in the country. Do I want to trust Maryland on the road? I certainly don't want to trust Maryland on the road. I, Jameer Young is fantastic. They don't really have good other options. Um, I mean, and Rutgers minus one is what Ken Palm is. Rutgers got to be favored by more than one point in this one, but it's going to be two. Uh, or, maybe, I think two and a half or three. I, I think two and a half. I, th I think I think it's there. wishful thinking to get Rutgers minus one here. Kind of kind of like I'm trying to wish. No. Be, I'm I'm trying to wish Houston to be th uh, three point favorites on the road at Baylor. I'm a wishful thinking, my man. Um, well, you look at the last game. It went to 67 possessions, even though it went to 109. So that makes you like this definitely could have went over if they're just shooting a little bit better. 23% from three for Rutgers, 11% for three from Maryland, and both teams under 45% from two. I mean, that's how this thing went under. But 67 possessions, that tells me if they play like that and just play an average game, it should go over 120 points. Um, I... I th I would say that's a great call. I say bet the over early, and if it goes to 124 to 125 and you have a three- to four-point middle, go for the under. Maybe you can double up on that. You eliminate your eliminate that uh, 
you know, possibility of losing your full bet. You just lose a little juice on that one. But it's that is an, a positive EV situation because you got three points in the middle there. I don't care what anyone says. Any under that total, low of a total with a three-point middle is definitely a positive EV situation. Now, Rutgers has a player that they've been playing with a couple games now. Uh, I forgot the name. Uh, Williams. The, yes, Williams, yes. And he uh, wasn't with the team for most of the year. I think he wasn't eligible, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And transfer. Yeah, he was a transfer. And then he's been doing pretty well for this team so far, you know, Jeremiah Williams, right? And, yeah, he didn't play until February 3rd, as a matter of fact. And once he played, they rip up four wins in a row against Northwestern. That loss that um, Maryland had at Wisconsin, that was like an eight-point game. And then they went to Fall City. Wisconsin kept missing. They hit three threes in a row, and they almost won that game. And so that's not going to happen again. Maryland is a bad road team. So even though they covered against a really weird Wisconsin team, I hate to say, probably a little Wisconsin's probably a little overrated too. Um I would say that Rutgers minus three is what I would like. I would go up to three personally if I was gonna play this side. But it's gonna be interesting because Sunday is uh actually a halfway decent slate because it's bigger than other ones. There's no NFL. So you got, you know, Nebraska against Minnesota, right? You got Minnesota going to Nebraska and Minnesota 22 and 3 against the spread. Are you kidding me? That is we'll see what they do tonight. Um then you got uh some of the obviously smaller conferences playing Wichita State against Temple. You got that game. You have Michigan State against Ohio State and I already mentioned Marquette versus Xavier, so there's some pretty good games. Oh, oh. South Florida against SMU. So, uh, mm-hmm. South, South Florida last week was my buy low team, and I'm glad I bet them on Sunday. Um, but SMU is interesting because they're ranked way higher than South Florida. They, they have SMU as a road favorite. I don't think that's going to happen either. But this could be a, a place to pick off South Florida close to pick them, Kyle. Yeah, I think um... – you know, uh, about the Rutgers game again real quick, it depends on how Rutgers plays against Purdue tonight, too. I mean, I, I kind of hope Rutgers just gets blown out against Purdue. Me too. Me too. Uh, because I, I'd love to see one and a half or two there against Maryland. I think that'd be pretty good. Um, as far as the others, uh, South Florida has been a great story. Abdur Rahim's a tremendous coach. Remember what he did last year at Kennesaw State? You know, to turn it around so quick at South Florida with some of the same guys – Fantastic stuff. And I think the American conference is better than most people think. There are several pretty good teams there. Um, Florida Atlantic, obviously still capable of doing big things. You got South Florida up there playing well, SMU, Charlotte's a good story. Uh, some good, good teams, some great games. It's there interesting in because they lost teams like Cincinnati and UCF mm-hmm. to the big 12, yet they're still maybe better than, than the Atlantic 10. You know, it, it, it's interesting to see these guys rise up, right? It, it is. There's there's several conferences like this. Um, I mean, like, think of the Mountain West. I mean, the Mountain West is better than some of those power conferences this yeah. year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And some people are still going to say, well, the Mountain West has been bad here and there, you know, in past years. Uh, Mountain West is pretty good. So I, I think the Mountain West will do better than some people think in, in the, even the big dance this year. Uh, it's interesting to see the movement year to year. But yeah, I mean, people thought the American Athletic would suck this year. And I mean, yeah, they lost some of the best teams for sure, but there's still a good conference. Oh, without a doubt, my man. Well, that's all the time we have. 
Uh, we broke down a whole lot of games. Hopefully you uh, got some information, but if you want uh, the best of what Kyle has to offer, uh, make sure you check out Kyle. And Kyle, where we could find, where can we find your great information and plays? Yeah, you can check out everything over at huntersportspicks.com, my website. Uh, got a free picks newsletter as well. I uh, haven't been putting out too many of those, but going to pick that up here. And I'm also going to do some contests come March. So uh, free contests for some cash prizes. Sign up for those. Um, you know, not not sponsored or anything, Kiev. You know, I just said people are like, who's sponsoring this? Uh, this is from my budget. That's fine. I just kind of <laughs> want to have some fun with it. Um, but I will say that, uh, you know, usually I've done well in March. So hoping to do well again in March. And uh, it's been kind of an up and down season for me. You know, I started good then had a horrible slump i've been doing better here again lately in general but uh kind of up and down streaks and slumps you know how it goes kiev but um working hard up a little bit on the year uh looking forward to march you can go over to huntersportspicks.com also uh if you don't follow me on twitter at kyle hunter picks and like kiev said check out the spaces that we do on monday nights i feel like there's some pretty good information shared there make sure yes make sure you check that out we have a great time on spaces and tuesday's been pretty good slate of college basketball coming up but most more importantly man this these monday spaces uh we're gonna be very busy during march but i expect that we're still gonna be doing some so uh you're gonna get some of those some of the information that we have that we studied all day on sunday after selection sunday and uh for the big conference tournaments coming up uh these mondays are going to become more and more important because we're gonna be talking about some futures as well as some money line rollovers coming up into it so kyle thanks again my man we'll be we'll be texting this weekend all right thanks a lot give my friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions for us, any games you want to be bro- have broken down, feel free to tweet us at the Ozbreakers. Email us at info at theozbreakers.com. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the games and go get some winners.